I do the Scarlett O'Hara. Scarlett O'Hara was a character out of Gone with the Wind. Um, and she, one of the things she would say is, well, I'll worry about it tomorrow. Uh -huh. I'll worry about it tomorrow. And there comes a point in which you just say, you know what? I've had enough tomorrow. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello. My name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe is interviewing Eileen McDar. Eileen came to us via the other podcast that Joe co-hosts with Engage for Success. Since 1980, Eileen has helped organisations and individuals transform the life of their business and the business of their life through conversations that matter and connections that count. She's become known as a master facilitator, an award-winning author and an internationally recognised keynoter and executive coach. She draws upon practical business know-how, life experiences and years of consulting to major national and international organisations that have ranged from global pharmaceuticals to the US Armed Forces, from healthcare associations to religious institutions. Her programmes are content-rich, interactive, provocative and playful, even downright hilarious. In 2020, Global Gurus International, a British-based provider of resources for leadership, communication and sales training, also ranked her third as one of the world's top 30 communication professionals following a global survey of 22,000 business professionals. Her newest book, Burnout to Breakthrough, Building Resilience to Refuel, Recharge and Reclaim What Matters, has been generating great response and interest. You can find it on Amazon in paper, digital and audio formats. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Eileen McDart. Welcome Eileen, thank you for joining me. My pleasure, my pleasure. So start by telling us who you are, what you do and crucially where you do it. Well, uh, I'm Eileen McDart. Uh, I believe I am, I believe that I am on this earth for the purpose of contributing to both individuals and organizations to help them find ways to transform the life of business and the business of their life. Uh, how I do that is by, frankly, finding better ways to create conversations that matter and connections that count. So what I do is I am a consultant, I am a professional speaker, a master facilitator, and an author. And where are you based? I'm based in Southern California. Aha, and are you based from home purely because of the pandemic or do you work from home normally? <laughs> well, prior to the pandemic, in fact, I just got a thing from American Airlines telling me what I needed to do so that my, because I can't fly. Um, yeah, normally we're on, you know, we're on a plane. So this is a, a brand new world, actually, since the pandemic, because I accept to work in, in the house, in my office, rather, to, to write, to do articles and, and these kinds of things. I'm normally gone. So this is, a, this is kind of an interesting new world that we're in. <laughs> um, so tell us how you got to do what you, what you do. You, you, I have to say your sort of what you do sounds really polished and um, you clearly are very clear about your mission and your purpose. And I don't imagine that was always the case. Um, how did that all come about? That's, um, well, let me, let me just say that as growing up, I have a, if you and I could see each other face to face, mm -hmm. we could give each other hugs, we'd shake hands and you would discover that I am, I am relatively small. In fact, I'm the runt of the litter. 
um, I like to say I come by it genetically because half of I have a twin brother, so half of me is a professor at Boston College. Um, and what's interesting, though, in all my growing up, we we never lived in a place where there are, were a lot of people, so um, I didn't have I didn't have that many peers as friends. And when we went to school. Um, I was always the smallest one. I was the one that wore the orthopedic shoes. I was the one with the hand-me-down dresses. Um, in junior high school, I was the one that had to wear the braces and the bottle-thick glasses. So my level of um, comfort and self-esteem was not, was not very high. And when I got to high school, we moved, we moved from Jacksonville, Florida to Fort Lauderdale and started my freshman year at high school. Um, I didn't thank God for uniforms. Uniforms are the great equalizer. I love it because nobody knew how much money you had if you had to wear a uniform. Um, on the dress-up days, I despised it uh, because it was quite obvious. Uh, but I had a teacher, sophomore year, Joe, who started the school term, said, I want you to stay after school. Now, this was a parochial school, a Catholic school, mm -hmm. and you never said no to a nun. And I was terrified. I thought, oh, my God, what have I done wrong? And she said, I want you after school. We're going to start a debate team. I went, no, 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 no. I'm not on the debate team. Well, bottom line is she saw something in me, Joe, that I didn't see. Uh, not only was I on the debate team, I became uh, quite a very good debater. And then we would compete in extemporaneous competitions in the US, uh, oral interpretation. And it was the ability to discover that I had a voice that I think actually pushed me into what I do now. I did not know this would be a profession uh, because I've always been in the field of communication. Words mean everything to me. As a child, the books were my companions. Uh, and then once I discovered that I had a voice and I knew how to be articulate, it kind of pushed me in this direction. What uh, I taught school, which is a wonderful way to use your voice. I taught school at a rural community at the Florida-Georgia border. Uh, I taught English um, to students, many of whom were a substandard when it came to English, the English language. Uh, they may or may not have had books in their house. So books became my way to help them see a world that was beyond this small community where they lived. Uh, and when I moved to California, when I moved to California, um, I would do corporate communications. I worked for a, uh, a publicly traded company, uh, helping them create their public relations out, uh, outputs. And then with a PR firm and got to a place where if I ever wrote another press release, I was going to throw up. Yes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that, that was my first encounter with burnout. Um, and so I left. And I had just I had just gotten married. I married an amazing man and adopted his three kids. Um, and but between the two of us, we had probably next to nothing. And um, when I told Bill within the first month of our marriage that I just I have to quit, and he said, "What are you going to do?" I said, "I don't know, but it can't be this. I cannot do this." And within short order after resigning, I had a colleague who called and wanted to know what I create a program for returning adults at one of the local colleges. I said, sure, why not? And I have Joe how much I love to teach. Well, I created that one class. I created another one called Communication at the Home and the Hearth. I created another program called The Art of Persuasion. And the Steel Service Center Institute out of Cleveland, Ohio, got a copy of the college course catalog and asked me if I would come and speak to their executives. They gave my name to the Copper and Brass Institute, who must have given it to the, I don't know, the, the glass manufacturers of America or something like that. And all of a sudden, I realized that being able to speak and be able to speak in an organizational setting was actually a business. And that's really how everything started. Wow. So that that thing about giving up um, your job when you just couldn't carry on with it, and you talk, you sort of briefly mentioned the concept of, of burnout. It was right. 
it sounds like it was a really brave thing to do although I suspect at the time it perhaps didn't feel brave it just probably felt a bit inevitable and and <laughs> I don't know how else you describe it but looking back now can, can you can you remember how you felt can you can you did you feel confident to do that or was it just you had no choice um well, let me say that this wonderful man that we've been married 40 years now, which is incredible because I'm only 21. I don't know how that happened. Um, Of course. (laughs) Um, This is my second marriage. In when I became divorced in my first marriage, I literally moved across country from Florida to California. I had no job. I did have a sister, God love her, who opened up her one-bedroom apartment with a husband, German Shepherd, and a cat, and said, you can come and stay with us. And there's such a there's something called trust and faith. And when your heart says, this is the right decision, I have no clue how this is going to turn out, but I trust that I am doing the right thing. And I'll figure this out. I just need to have faith. Um, and really that's that's exactly what happened when I when I decided to leave the job with the PR firm. I just knew in my heart it was not what I was meant to do. It felt it felt constrained. I thought if I, like I said, if I wrote another press release, I was going to throw up because I also didn't care, Joe. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter to me whether some CEO got his face on the cover of Time magazine or an article in the Wall Street Journal. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. What mattered to me more, where I saw they were missing the boat entirely, wasn't relationships with the press. They were relationships internally, the way the employees were treated, the the whole culture of that this one organization was so dysfunctional to me. I thought, you know, that's, that's where the relationships need to start. Mm. And so because I didn't care, I, I felt compelled to leave. So my feeling was one of incredible release and relief and also great curiosity. Mm. And by curiosity, it was to say, hmm, I wonder what I'll discover now. Yes, yeah. And so how then did, obviously, you talked about having, you know, some some opportunities arise and, and the path sort of became clearer. How did that really solidify into being so clear about your purpose, as you described at the beginning? Um, I think it was over time. And what it was, Joe, was the response of the people who were who were my clients, who were in my audience, what I would hear them say to me was, you have no idea what a difference this makes. In fact, there is one, there, this will always stay in my mind. I was speaking at the, a convention center in New Orleans. And one of the learning points that I had was that, that everyone is there on purpose, that no one exists on this planet without a reason. Uh-huh. And I gave a statistic that was given to me by actually he was from the UK, a biologist from the UK who had a, a show on the public broadcasting network here. And he said he gave the odds of what are the odds of winning the New Jersey lottery twice. And it was some incredible odds. Um, and then he said, you know, what are the odds of you being born? I said, no, I don't know, John. What are the odds? And it was something like 220 trillion to one. There were greater odds that you could win the New Jersey lottery twice than you would be born. And that always stuck with me. His name was John Polling. And so I shared that with this audience. I said, you are not here by mistake. Well, at the end of this program, this woman came up and she had a piece of paper. It was folded. And she said, I want you to put this in your briefcase and you are not to read it until you get on the plane to go home. When I sat on that plane, Joe, I opened the paper that she gave me. And what she wrote was that she had been considering suicide. And when she heard me speak, suicide was no longer her option. She said, you literally saved my life. Wow. 
when you have feedback, I, I mean, that was very dramatic. I can't say that I've saved anybody else's life. But when I see people smile and say, I got it. I've got this. I can try. I get, I get letters. Um, I, I write, by the way, Joe, what I need to learn. I don't write for other people. I write first for myself. Oh, I, I'm curious about this. I need to understand this. Mm. And when people, you know, call me or or post a review someplace and say what they got out of it, I realize that my purpose is contribution. Yes. And it is how how do I make a contribution? So you and I were talking earlier before we started the podcast, where I have a request to do something for a human resource group in Africa, which is not possible. Um, and that they had rel- very, very small amount of money to pay me. And I said, don't matter, keep the money. Um, and it's been an interesting thing trying to create the the video for them. But the reason I'm doing it is it fills my heart. It's a contribution. Yes. And so you started speaking and, and sort of you've mentioned clients and so on. Often people want to be speakers. They want to sort of provide that contribution. They want to help. But the difficulty they have is how they sort of package it, how they turn it into money, if you like. What was the sort of journey that you went on with that? Um. Well, first off, let me say that I think now is absolutely the wrong time to go after this. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, the, the meetings industry is very flat. Um, and, and here's, I have a couple things. One, I want to push back. I think when people say I want to de- be a public speaker, because we look like, we make it look like it's so easy and that we're having fun on the platform. People say, oh, I want to do that. So my first question is, what gives you the right to speak? You have to earn that right, either by experience and or education. You can't just stand up and go blah, 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 blah. Secondly, what is it What is it that you bring and can serve in the marketplace? So unless there's real great clarity of that. Um, so if, what, do, what, what do you know? What can you do? And what is your community, whatever that looks like? What do they need? Then the second thing is, you really, I think, need to to understand and to start small. There is a Toastmasters International, which which around the globe gives individuals uh, an opportunity to stand up and do exactly that, Mm -hmm. to to speak. How do you refine your message? if you do it just for the money, I I spoke, oh my goodness, so many places for free because of the experience. In fact, what I did for the, for the colleges, there's no money in speaking for colleges, particularly when it is uh, continuing education for adults. You, uh, you write the course description, you come up with a marketing title, the college promotes it, and you see if anybody even wants to attend, which is not, by the way, a bad place to start out um, because you're not doing all the marketing. The college is doing the marketing. Uh, and you see if, does this ring a bell with anybody? So I think there are ways that you that you start small, except if you're one of these amazing people who have got this, this huge story. There are people who speak because their life's experience has been so dramatic, whether yeah. it's the the hiker who cut off his leg so that he could get out of a, uh, I can't forget where it was, uh, Colorado, Utah, someplace, you know, <laughs> yeah. so he can talk about that. Or, you know, I survived the attack of the grizzly bear. Or I was the sole survivor on the, and we're not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about just ordinary people. Um, and there are people who, because of the life's experience, have made, it can make an incredible difference. I have a, a wonderful friend who um, was in a motorcycle accident, burned over 90% of his body. He lost his, he lost his fingers. He lost his face. Um, When you see Mitch, you know that it's, it's, uh, it doesn't look anything like what he used to, but he survived that. And then piloting his own plane was in a crash and then became paralyzed. (laughs) 
So from, from the waist down, he, now he's in a wheelchair. It's a double whammy. Okay. And he's taken that experience. And basically, he says, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you. An incredible, powerful speaker who, because of those experiences, has a place on the platform. Goodness knows, I do not want to go through what W. Mitchell has gone through to do that. No, absolutely. So how, how do you work with your clients? Sort of, and I guess it's probably, we should all be saying sort of BC, but um, before COVID and <laughs> AC. Um, so you know, we talked about. Um, that sounds like before Christ and after the year of Anno Domini or something. Exactly. I was thinking, what does AG stand for? And I thought, oh, yeah, exactly. It's a different word, but it doesn't work that way. But uh, yeah, so, you know, we, you talked briefly about uh, not being able to sort of fly over to Africa to speak live. And we were talking before we came on about how much of um, what you do is now uh, through things like Zoom and other online technology um what does it look like when you're working with your clients in terms of of you know your sort of day-to-day work um well everyone is in a very different place now bc before covid uh, Mm -hmm. clients would hire me to do a couple of things one is that they were having uh, a major meeting it was an annual conference it was um uh, it could have been a training program uh, just before, like in 2019, um, I'm speaking to 5,000 pharmacists and the topic, and because I study so much on resilience, it was overcoming burnout with resilience. Um, and so that's one of the things that actually prompted me to write my newest book is that every time I was asked to speak about resilience, it always seemed to be in the context of burnout. I was with um, uh, hospital systems. They wanted, what do they want to talk about? Resilience and burnout. And so they are, they are meetings that can be annual meetings like this one for the pharmacist. It can be localized. Uh, it can be a hospital setting. Um, it can be bringing together employees. So it, it is using the speaking platform either in larger meetings or within an organizational setting. The other thing that that I am called upon to do, which I love to do, but I do very judiciously because it is, it's quite labor intensive, is to take um, senior teams away, executive teams away, and to help them in a two, two and a half day format, um, solve some major issues. And the way I do this is that whoever owns that meeting, you know, the, the the final person is to say, why are you bringing people together and what do you want as an outcome? And then I interview all the players, which is very time consuming with the same set of questions. And then when we gather, I always believe that you begin with the human first before you ever start talking about the issues. So it, it creates a forum for them to see each other is more than what their name is on a curriculum vitae or on a title. And so we have some, actually have some fun with that, but we also talk about how do we communicate with each other? Why is it that John drives me crazy over here and I can do well with Sam? Um, Because why talk about issues first unless I can understand how can we communicate more clearly? And in the conversations that I have with all of them, I create issue papers and they're third-party issue papers. And what I'm looking for are the themes that have come up in these interviews with the people. And so then the issue papers are presented back to them uh, with this third party. So Susan over here wants to really talk about the fact that there's noodles served at every lunch and nobody else talks about noodles served at every lunch. (laughs) We're not going to talk about noodles that comes off the table. So I actually make the first cut at what I see are the, are the concerns. Um, And I've had great, great response and success with that um, because the, and also because um, the person who brings me in, we're very clear is that individual needs to have number one, trust in me, but number two needs to take my counsel. Um, and if you don't want to listen to me, then we can't do business together because I will find out some things that you need to know what people are saying about you, and I will coach you on how to respond. If you're willing to do that, then we can move forward. 
And so it, that's, that's a, it's, it's a wonderful thing. The last thing I did actually was to take um, uh, the global uh, folks involved in regulatory affairs, global regulatory affairs, and we went to uh, India, brought them all into India. Uh, and they came from, from as I, obviously from countries around the world, and it was just wonderful. Uh, and I always believe that there are ways in which I can use teaching and metaphor that people go, oh, now I get what this means to me. So, um, so those are the two big ways in which people use me. Plus, a third way would, would be to hire me for individual coaching. And it can come in two ways. One is as a speech coach, because how are you going to stand up in front of your team and speak? The other one is to actually coach them on their leadership style. And for that, I'm, I become like a little, um, oh, this one guy, he said, you're my nudge. So I, I just observe this person in meetings. I observe them in conversations. And then I give them feedback on what I observed and what might be more effective ways to, um, to engage with individuals or that team. Yes, yeah. So let's talk a bit about um, how you get done what you need to get done, how you sort of organize yourself. It, it strikes me, just thinking about my own experience at the moment in terms of um, sort of being in the sort of lockdown scenario and having so many online meetings alongside the coaching that I do, I, I'm finding it quite hard to to do all the sort of administrative project outside of the meeting other people work because there seems to be a lot less time at the moment. And yeah. um, when, you're, when you're a speaker and when you work in organisations, it fluctuates quite a lot, doesn't it? You can have a week where you're sort of completely tied up all week and really can't get to anything else. And then a week where perhaps you've got less going on and then that does give you that time. How do you get done all those things that, that aren't the sort of face-to-face -face client stuff that you have to do, if you like? How do you get the... the was okay. Urgent, important stuff done. <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> I I am old school in that I believe in paper, mm -hmm. and I have I have a paper day timer, if you will. Um, it's three months at a time, so it's uh, so I have enough for every for a quarter. And at the start of every month, I create what is it that I need to that needs to be done. Uh, that is that is e essential. So I'll so let's say I have a uh, let's say I'm going to do two virtual trainings. So I will write that down in that month and what I need to do under that. I write uh, I write a weekly blog, so that goes in there. Uh, I also who are the people that I need to circle back and touch base with. So I so I at the start of each month I give myself basically a, a to do list. Now, one of the things I love, I love highlighters. And every time I complete something, I highlight it. I get rid of it. And it gives you such joy to get rid of it. And I have been known to put something down that I've already done just for the pleasure of highlighting it. Oh, <laughs> go, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's done. It's done. It's done. Now, I will say something, though, about this um, it's just a practice I, I've always had. So I have both the paper calendar as well as I have was here on the, you know, on the computer. Um, but I divide every month. I have what I think of as intellectual, emotional, material, physical, and sometimes spiritual in those five dimensions. So the intellectual has to do with the, with the actual work that I need to do, whether it's the article, the blog, um, the interviews, the speech, whatever, in that month. Um, physical, I have some physical, and I set these goals, by the way. I set these goals at the start of each year, which is a perfect time right now since this is going to be running, you know, as we start 2021. Yeah. So I have, I know that I, my goal my intellectual, my intellectual goal is, you know, X amount of articles that are written, at least three clients contacted, you know, whatever that would be. It's also um, how many books do I want to have read? So I set a goal of uh, a minimum of three books a month um, under physical. Um, I want to have at least 25 days of exercise. Uh, I want 64 ounces of water a day. Um, and so I, I create those goals. 
And at the end of every month, I have another journal that I write in and I go and look at what it, what did I do in this month? And I capture that in this singular journal. What's amazing, Joe, when you do this, you realize, number one, you realize how incredible busy you have been. You realize what you have accomplished. Mm. And since we're talking about you know, being in a world that's different. One of the things I started actually before COVID-19, because I think it is, it is, a re, it's a way to, to continue to build the resiliency muscle is I've challenged myself every month. I have to do at least one thing I have never done before. Ooh. At least one thing. It's, I read about it, uh, back when I took a retreat three years ago, I just go take myself away to be silent. And it's a practice that started in the Middle Ages, uh, uh -huh. which apparently now is only continued in uh, some of the Basque regions of Spain, um, in which on your birthday, so like I'm born the 5th of September. So on the 5th of every month, you do something you've never done before. Right. I thought, well, that's very intriguing. Now, I don't want to be held to the a day because I never know what that day is going to bring. So I just say within the month, I have to do at least something I've never done before. And it's what it does, Joe, is it makes you stretch. Some of those things that I've done, I've done because it scares the bejesus out of me. <laughs> and once I've done it, I go, well, don't have to do that one again. Uh, so, yeah, uh, and other things are just to have that experience, um, to sign up and back when you could do it, to take a Pilates class. I've never had a Pilates class. I found a what we have here called a Groupon coupon, which means you can get it for cheaper. So I signed up to take a Pilates class. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I've, I've never done that before. Um, I have, I have become a certified agent for the Y Institute, which means that I have a process that I can use to help to help clients discover what is their why, what is, what's their why, their how, their what, so that they can become very clear on the brand of them and what they say. I've never done that before. Um, I, I've taped um, two hours of a virtual training program for the community college. Um, as I mentioned to you earlier, I just taped a videotape for Africa. That's something I've never done before. And with this technology, it does scare me. But uh, <laughs> anyway, it's so at the end of the month, I will be able to say these are the books I read. I keep track of the books that I read. And also on this exercise thing, every day that I exercise on my paper calendar, I give myself a little sticker like kids have on sticker books. And at the end of the month, I say, well, how many days did I exercise? And I've realized that as we are um, locked down, COVID, whatever it's going to look like by the time we're in 2021, yeah. that exercise is essential, is absolutely essential, uh, particularly in the potential of burnout, because getting our physical body in control is the first place that we actually have control. I can't control this pandemic, but what I can control is first and foremost, my physical body. So today, Joe, because we were gonna go on early, I couldn't run as much as I normally do, but I got up, I got up at 4.30 this morning, so that by 5.30, quarter of six, I could be out running. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then come back and do my, um, do my, um, I could go back and, and do a, a plank. Yeah. Uh, so I'm practicing on the plank. That's the fastest thing that I could do. Um, so, so I, then I can monitor at the end of the, of the month. How did you do, Eileen? Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I, that's how I kind of manage Yes. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds really structured and, and as you say, visual and um, quite sort of simple and straightforward, but really, really effective. Let me give you one other, one other tip as far as organization is concerned. This mm -hmm. goes back years and years ago. Um, she's since passed away, but she had a wonderful book called File Don't Pile. 
Right. And, you know, most of the time we had, you know, the hanging folders the in yeah. your, and, and, uh, we, and we still need paper. I don't care what you say about technology. The day that you can't turn on your computer and you can't find what you need, we're all going to slit our wrist. So you still need paper. Yeah. So the filing system was brilliant. Instead of having to think, okay, what did I file this under? Did I call it Joe? Did I, did I call it the name of the show? What the heck did I do? The filing system on the hanging folders is numerical. So right now I have, I don't know, I think I have 80. So numbers one to 80. And then I have a sheet. Uh, I have a physical sheet that is that is in one file cabinet, but I also obviously also have it um, on my computer, but I have the physical sheet. And so when you go to file something, you write it down on the physical sheet and it's by number. So you don't have to remember what it is. And on your computer, if you do it on your computer, so I can open up my, it says file, personal file, and I'll type in the word Joe. And it will give me everything. It'll give me everything that is listed under the name Joe. I don't have to remember. I don't have to remember. Uh, was it this? Was it, So I'll, I can give as many words as I want. And I can find it on the on the paper file. I can I erase it, so I'm not recreating. I'm not recreating um, names as much as I'm using this numerical system, and it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. As you say, it's funny when you said at the beginning, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm sort of um, old school." I think all bar about three of my guests in 180 odd shows all say pen and paper works best. <laughs> And there's there is something about about seeing it, touching it. I am a great believer, obviously, because I'm a writer, um, that you have to ink it to think it. Mm. Not my quote that comes from a wonderful colleague, Sam Horn, but it's brilliant. So writing things down, keeping a gratitude journal. Oh, my goodness. When you either begin or end a day with what you're grateful for. It's another way of getting out of what basically is crisis fatigue, where this has been going on for so long that we're exhausted and we feel stuck. We're not stuck if, in fact, we can take some positive actions. And one of them, to me, is this gratitude journal. Mm -hmm. Yes. So last couple of questions. Firstly, what about those days where it goes horribly wrong? How do you deal with <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have to say, <laughs> I have to say there's a lot going on in the U.S. right now that I, yeah. I've admitted to my husband that my language has devolved. <laughs> I hear myself screaming at the uh, television or at my computer saying things I normally would never, ever say. Uh, yeah. And um, so... When things go horribly wrong, um, I do the Scarlett O'Hara. Scarlett O'Hara was a character out of Gone with the Wind. Um, and she, one of the things she would say is, well, I'll worry about it tomorrow. Uh -huh. I'll worry about it tomorrow. And there comes a point in which you just say, you know what? I've had enough tomorrow. And once I say tomorrow, then I can turn off the computer. I walk out of the room. I can go take a walk. It's wonderful walking outside, looking at the birds, listening to the birds um, and say, you know, tomorrow's another day. I've done as best as I can do that. You know, the problem is, is at night sometimes to you get your brain to stop talking to you um, because it goes. Rah, 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 rah. Um, so what I've been working on, and it actually does seem to work is to breathe in to the count of seven very slowly, hold it to the count of seven, and then breathe out uh -huh. to the count of seven. And it, and I just kind of imagine myself floating and it allows me to go back to sleep. Um, otherwise my brain just doesn't shut up. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> it just reminded me, a colleague on a call today was saying that she started doing the I think you said the Wim Hof um, concept of taking cold showers. And we asked her how long she'd stayed in the shower. She said she got to 120 Mississippi. <laughs> 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 so we were quite impressed. <laughs> Whoa. 
I think I'd have been avoiding the Mississippi bits and just saying oh, the numbers really quickly. But, oh, it's funny. Why cold? <laughs> Apparently, it's very good for you, very good for your immune system. But I'm not sure I'll be trying it anytime soon. Yes, no, yes. now to me, it's put me in a warm shower, please. <laughs> I can just detox in a warm shower. Cold? Ooh, no, no, thank you. Thank you. No. So yeah, that's another counting thing. But yeah, I think I prefer the seven in, seven hold and seven out. (laughs) 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 And what about those days where you get to live more? And that's where I talk about getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What, What do they look like for you? What is it that I want to do? Yeah. Well, is it, is it, is it, BC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. BC or AC. Because BC would be very, BC would be very different than yeah. right now. I mean, before before COVID, um, I have four grandchildren who I absolutely adore, and um, when time would permit, you know, two of them are up in Portland, Oregon. You know, my idea of of glory is is getting on a plane and flying up to Portland and having a long, a long weekend with them, four days, you know, whatever. That's just glorious running with my daughter up there on the, they live out in the country. Um, That's just absolutely glorious. Now, uh, so being, being able to do that, um, I go and visit a friend who's in an assisted living center. Uh, It gives me great joy to be able to do that. Um, In the COVID world, which who knows what it's going to look like in 2021. Um, when I get away from the what we think of as the work that I enjoy, um, it's to to um, it's to walk around my neighborhood to say hello to people, even though you might be uh, physically distanced. Um, it's to it's to do this is this was helpful to me that when we get when we get so that we're concentrating on ourselves. Uh, What helps get me out of myself is to be present for other people and to do unexpected. It's kind of like the random act of kindness, unexpected things. Mm -hmm. So we've had a lot of challenges here with our postal system and the poor folks at the post office, they're just taking so much heat and there's not much they can do to control what is coming from, from this postmaster general so i can say thank you to my to the man that delivers my mail the woman who delivers my mail um i brought them out cookies or stuff so the other day i what i spent my time with was i make an amazing lemon cake and so i baked two lemon cakes and i went down to the post office and i stood in line and when it was my turn at the counter, I said, I really don't need any stamps. I just wanted you all to have this. And I want to say thank you because I know these are challenging times for you. Joe, the woman behind the counter started crying. Aww. And I say this, this isn't about me. It's about what we can do in acknowledging the people who serve us um, whether we call them by name when I'm in the grocery store, they have on their name tags. I can't see their face with the mask, but I can say, thank you, Linda. It's so great to see you here today. And I see their eyes smile. Yeah. So, so when you say, what do you do when you're not working? I, that's part of it. Um, I also then can find time to, to read, to feed my Western bluebirds, uh, to plant in my garden. Uh, one of the benefits of being in Southern California is there are year round plantings that I can do. Um, and this will sound very crazy, but to, but to uh, clean my house, to iron what that sounds like work. Well, yes and no. I get great joy when I have things that are organized and they're clean. And there's something about ironing. When you feel that your life is out of control besides your physical body, iron. Yes. You have total control. <laughs> and it looks a heck of a lot better when you put it in the closet. Well, so I um, agree with you, apart from she doesn't iron at all, or if she doesn't have to, what she does is hoover, but for the same reason, I think. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't either. I've just bought one of those robot hoovers to try out. So we'll see how that goes. (laughs) Well, you know, the sweeping isn't a problem. It's um, because we're not air conditioned and it gets it can get hot here. So the the windows and the sliding doors are open. It's the dust. Yes. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness, the dust. And when you can write your name on the coffee table, you go, mm, I think it's time. I think it's time. <laughs> Lovely. It's been really enjoyable interviewing you today, Eileen. Can you tell people how they can find out more about you and get in touch? Absolutely. Well, um, I am assuming you're going to have my name on the podcast someplace. So first off, just Google me. I have a website, www.eileenmacdar.com. I am on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on Twitter. My Twitter handle is MacDarling, M-A-C, Darling, MacDarling, all one word. Um, I do have a Facebook page and you can find the books um, not only on my website, um, but quite a number of them are on Amazon. The newest one is Burnout to Breakthrough, Building Resilience to Refuel, Recharge and Reclaim What Matters. And it's in both trade paper as well as um, the, aud the auditory version, uh, as well as a digital version. Lovely. Thanks, Eileen. Great to speak to you today. Thank you. It's my pleasure, Joe. All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 190, 190, then you'll find them there. And this week, I would just like to say Happy New Year. It's the beginning of January. We've been away for a couple of weeks and we're now back to consistently publish the podcast every week for the rest of the year. I don't usually do an end of year review blog, but I did one this year and you might be interested in reading it on the website if you go to powertolivemore.com. But I just wanted to pick out a few of the key parts of that as part of the podcast today. It's interesting that I didn't really think I had much to say when I started to write some notes to write the blog post because, you know, clearly we were in lockdown in 2020 and I thought there wouldn't be that much that I'd actually achieve. But when I started to look back at it, as is usually the case when you do that sort of review, I realised there was a lot that I'd done that I'd sort of forgotten about. And it was actually quite a successful year for me within my business and in terms of the sort of activity that I've done. And I guess that's partly a reflection of the fact that I've had more time at home. But I think it's also to do with the focus that this year has given us on being grateful and sort of focusing on the things that are important to us. So I wrote a rather lengthy post, it has to be said, as a way of reviewing 2020, but also inspiring myself to move towards to 2021. Not sure many people will want to read the whole thing. It's quite lengthy and it was really uh, quite self-indulgent, but uh, I found it really interesting, as I said, firstly, to see the things that I had achieved that I'd forgotten about, which I think we do a lot, but also think about how I'm going to continue to sort of live moving forwards in 2021, especially given we're now back in another lockdown. So some of the highlights for me of last year is that I became an AWeber certified expert, an ACE as they call us. I've used AWeber since 2008 and I've loved it all along, but I've become increasingly uh, interested in using it and really sort of pushing it to its full capabilities in the last year because they've really introduced lots of really great functionality. And one of the main things they introduced last year also was the free level, which means that you can have up to 500 subscribers and get most of their functionality, including their 24-7 support for free. And you only start paying once you get uh, 500 subscribers or if you want to do some of the more sophisticated uh, processes. Um, so actually, it's a really good deal and uh, one that's really sort of renewed my uh, faith and interest in Aweber um, as a platform to recommend. And if you're interested in finding out more, you can go to joedodds.com forward slash recommends forward slash Aweber and you'll be able to sign up for that free trial there. I also restarted Counterpoint Networking, which is the networking group or rather the original networking group uh, was called Counterpoint Networking and was a, an offline networking group in my local area. And I stopped running it a number of years ago for various reasons. And this year, or rather last year, I decided to start it up again as an online networking opportunity, given you know we were all working from home. So that's been a really good part of 2020, reconnecting with some people and connecting with new people as part of the networking and really sort of developing how those meetings go. They're very much about learning. They're very much about building relationships and getting to know people really well. And we've got a real 
tight sort of group of people who come on a regular basis and have really got to know each other and help each other over the year. If you're interested in finding out about that, then just go to counterpointnetworking.co.uk. We meet on a Monday afternoon at two o'clock British time, UK time. So if you're interested, please do come along uh, to that. I've consistently published the podcast this year or rather last year. I keep saying this year, but it's last year. Uh, which if you're a regular listener, you'll know. I didn't always used to publish uh, on such a regular basis. I've done some work around outsourcing various parts of the process um, prior to 2020. And then last year, I actually outsourced the sort of final publishing bit of it, um, which has pushed me to create these outros on a Wednesday night, regardless of what time I finish working because they need to be done because my VA puts the podcast together for me tomorrow ready to publish on Friday and so we consistently published every Friday during 2020 until we got to Christmas and took a couple of weeks off so I'm really proud of that consistency you know as well as the the quality of the uh, guests and the interviews it's just been so exciting to know that we've got that process going and we're able to as I say consistently put this podcast out and and hopefully provide you with some really great content from the people that I've interviewed. The other piece of exciting news about the podcast is that I found out a few days ago that it's been listed as a finalist in the Podcasting for Business Awards 2021 in the uh, Podcast for Entrepreneurs section. Uh, They also have a Listener's Award. If you um, would like to vote for us or indeed vote for any of the other favourite podcasts that you have, then you can do so by going to powertolivemore.com forward slash podcast awards. And a couple of other things, I uh, redesigned my website using Thrive Themes, which is uh, a theme uh, and a a whole sort of way of uh, creating functionality on WordPress that I really love. And uh, so I've been doing some work on my um, membership site over the festive break as well. And I've changed the format, the template to use Thrive Themes for that as well. And it's just so flexible and so easy to use and to really create something that that looks really good. Um, So again, if you're interested in that, joedodds.com forward slash recommends forward slash Thrive Themes. And then the last thing was my membership site. I mentioned that briefly. Power to Live More Calm. I started at the end of 2019, but I really used 2020 to test the concept and work out exactly what the benefits of the site are and um, how it all works with my first members. They've been really helpful in helping me to really understand their needs and work out how I can deliver a service and a membership for them that really helps them to do the things that they need to do. It's aimed at home-based coaches and consultants. It's about getting unstuck, getting stuff done and getting to live more. So I'm going to be doing some content planning in the next week so that I've got particular topics for each week for these outros. So look forward to those coming through for the rest of the year. What I'll do next week is probably talk to you about the Uh, reflections I had on the five fundamentals that I use to work with my clients. So you'll remember that they're around self-care, simplify, systemize, share and sustain. And I added to the blog post some uh, reflections on each of those fundamentals in terms of last year and the business and that sort of thing. So I'll talk to you about those next week. So again, happy new year. Really good to be back. Uh, really um, looking forward to bringing you some really good quality interviews this year, helping you to think about your own productivity, your own well-being and how you can get unstuck, get stuff done and get to live more. Again, the show notes for this week's show are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 190 and we look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more. 